Jerry. I know it must be wrong, but I'm in love with Stacy's mom. There, I got it out of my system. That's been running around in my head, this song. Oh, you. Well, it's all part of the never-ending slippage back into high school. A little Ooh, problem. Slippery brought, slope. Yeah, a little problem brought on by my physical condition. So, oh, condition, man. my conditions, and I guess. Yeah, fifth edition. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I'll tell you what a week it's been. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm just glad you're back in Chicago. I won't have to edit the show until my fingers bleed. Oh, well, let's not put a reverse. Let's not put a whammy on the show here. Uh, that's right. You're superstitious. You're a baseball person. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that happens too. Okay, so what's the weather like up there in Chicago? Uh, I'm ready to get sick. 61, drizzling. Hopefully we'll get some sun this afternoon. Um, that's where it is right now, but it feels, it's very comfortable. I mean, it's like I'd get on my bicycle, go out there and enjoy it. Wow. Except that your producer's making you stay in, in an apart in your condo and, uh, suit up and, and yeah. get, get your game face on. Yep. Oh, we got it going on. We've only got one sponsor this week, which is probably good news for people who hate our sponsor reads. Well, but... it's just so overwhelming. There was it, that whole that sponsor just pushed everything else out because there's no room for another sponsor because of how the enormity of this sponsor. Well, I guess you say so. I'll, I'll go along with you on this. But uh, just... also, we've got a lot to cover this week, so we didn't want to spend too much time. Okay. So... That's it, too. And uh, what are you doing this weekend, John, just for curiosity's sake? Um, I'm going to No Baseball, and I'm going to the <gasps> Lip Fest. What? 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 I, I'm no sure, Baseball. I I'm might sure. go tomorrow. Wait a minute. I don't know. Jeez. The line must be broken. Something's wrong here. You're not going yeah. to. You said out loud on the air you're not going to baseball? Not until Tuesday. Holy cow. Yeah. You're going to the Lit Fest, though. You're going to Chicago. Yeah, I'm trying to get a little culture, a little knowledge, uh, broaden my horizons. Uh, Yeah, that's the one weekend of the year I go to to this Chicago, used to be called the Printer's Row. I went to Printer's Row with you. Oh, yeah, Printer's Row. Remember? Yeah, so there's like 50 or 60 book dealers, and there'll be all kinds of speakers presenting their books, including a, uh, including Carrie Kennedy will be there. Ooh. Yeah. With that, she's that's... strutting her stuff with her latest book about her father. Well, that's kind of topical, given we're going to be talking about Robert yeah. Kennedy, Bobby, as yeah. uh, his brother called him. Everyone I'm called trying him. to get on my bike and see her at uh, 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah, let her know we put out the word. This morning, yeah, I'm sure you'll be chatting with her, probably zooming her a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, stalking her. That's whoa, that. whoa, that's a strong word, but that reminds me. Have you been behaving yourself this week? Because my goal is to get you off of the mascot stalker list, but that's a tall order. I don't know if I can do it by well, myself. I'm finding some challenges with respect to the major leagues mascot. So as a result, I've kind of dialed down my uh, my aggressiveness in terms of pursuing and taking pictures of myself with mascots um, after my profile just gotten way, way out of whack. Sounds um, like it. It gone from, it actually gone from stalker to almost predator. When I was, <laughs> when I was found taking a picture of, uh, of Bernie, the brewer's bedroom. So, Oh, 
Yeah, so right yeah. now, I don't Good pick, see... by the way, good pick. Good picture with Clark, his cousin. Yeah, Clark's cousin. Uh, yeah, that was from South Bend, um, where the Cubs have a uh, a Class A affiliate. Um, yeah, just a, that just shows you that there's development not only of baseball players at these minor league cities, but my umpires and let's not forget mascots. Yeah, I'm hoping you'll forget mascots at least for a few weeks so that we can we can get you off the no-fly list. They probably got you – you know, the stalker lists tend to migrate over to the no-fly list. I, I was just wondering how come I wasn't able to get that TSA pre-approved the last couple times uh-huh. I've been flying. Yeah. And I think you just hit it. I, I think I know the reason. Usually I can get that because of my age, but I think I've been put into a special category now. Oh, well. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm not in love with Stacy's mom, just for the record. I, I know a woman named Stacy and I do love her mom, but not in that way. And uh, I, I think that's important to say. But that said, I thought, you know, one of my main squeezes in high school was Karen Seiler. I really had it for yeah. Karen. She was cool and cute and beautiful. And her mom was a babe. Mm. So, yeah. And husband Jack was a salesman and he was out of town a lot so yeah i had a few Ooh, thoughts i had a few thoughts yeah. i'm gonna mm. admit it I'll, I'll admit it right now uh, not that i could have ever done anything about it as if so you would ways. hold back from any of your thoughts oh god hey he, hey i reuni- reunited with most of my high school band this week so it's a big week yeah, i know it's a it's a, a trip down memory lane nostalgiaville all great. the way been great therapeutic been great. for hopefully you've yeah. been able to give some some therapy to to some of your classmates because i'm sure that they gave a lot to you which you badly need keep going wow jesus this is getting a little pathetic now (sighs) hey uh, okay let's let's lead into our anchor topic Mm. and i'll just say that this is an interesting evolution of my brother john as regards another brother of somebody who also went through an evolution and that other brother is robert Fitzgerald, his middle name is Fitzgerald. Yeah, am I right? Oh wow, RFK, another yeah. one of those. Robert Fitzgerald Kennedy had the brother brother of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, right? Yeah, I yeah. think you got it. So ha, ha, this came up because uh, I have Netflix, and in my queue, I saw Bobby Kennedy for president, and it's a documentary, a four part, four hour uh, in total documentary about uh bobby kennedy and uh you and i both lived through um, his uh, life his later life and uh and then i mentioned it to you and what happened there well first thing it's robert francis kennedy i'm sorry oh i screwed that up see yeah, i was counting did. on you to fact check me okay i that's just good. did i mean i'm that's checking good. you right now because i wow. better late wow. than never Wow. It just didn't ring bell, ring right. Oh, I feel, I feel terrible. I, should. Ne- I forgot completely that his middle name was Francis. By the way, what is your middle name, if you can remember it? It's Alan, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm the only Daniels that doesn't have an A for a middle name. I'm Gerald Bruce Daniels, and you are John Allen Daniels. That's where so you're, correct? Uh, yeah, that's where you, you became different. Right from the get-go. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how bad it was, John. 
Pop was going to go A, B, C, D. He was going to like march down the alphabet. And that's, that's quite a tall order. And we were his second family, uh, yeah. you know, a generation later. And so, uh, yeah, they got to A. You were A. I was going to be B. And then Jeff, who was next, was going to be C. But the B went so badly <laughs> that they went back yeah. to A's. And now we've got like 30 people who have uh, J-A-D for their initials or did before they got married. Yeah. Uh, amazing, weird story. We won't okay. get into our family. Well, let's, let's talk about the Kennedys. Yeah, Robert Francis Kennedy is the topic based upon the the four episodes. You, you did watch the four episodes. And what got you to I watch did. it? I thought this was a big thing for me uh, in that I wasn't trying to persuade you, but I, I was kind of amazed that you took the bait and went with it. And we're talking about it for an hour. Today. Well, I mean, you graciously provided me with Netflix. I did. And that was a start. I had the platform upon which I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say that it, I find I'm, I'm always a, have a quest for knowledge and the Kennedys uh, provide that for me. Uh, it also gives me a chance to go down memory lane and remember my feelings back in the 60s as it relates to the Kennedy family. And I think yep. we segue into this with some of our embedded bias that we had earlier. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, going back to our um, our yep. previous uh, topic, I would consider the uh, the doggone uh, Kennedy family back in the 1960s to be a bunch of entitled Democrat uh, mackerel snappers. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait uh, a minute. You said that out loud. You mackerel asked me snappers to is a derogatory term. You know what? The what? deal is, though, that yeah. we're so old that nobody knows what that means. Oh, you're going you're gonna to fly <laughs> under that radar. Okay. All right. Pray hey, continue. Look, I, I shouldn't interrupt. I shouldn't interrupt. You I'm cannot be politically incorrect if nobody knows that it's politically incorrect. Can oh, you? Oh, this is like the tree falling in the forest. If no one's there and no one hears it, Here's did it. it really fall? Yeah, exactly. Well, sound of one hand clapping. Oh, let's go. Okay. So the thing was that we grew up in our family. With the feeling that the we're Demo- we're, we're basically Republicans, uh, we're anti-Catholic, anti-Jewish, anti-everything. I'm not going to. Yeah, but the anti-Jewish thing I got rid of pretty quickly, and I didn't feel the the, the heat of that. But let's you know, let's stick with the Kennedy hey, family. The entitlement hey, I got rid, is I got part rid of, of it. the anti-Catholic thing immediately. Is mean minute they said all this shit about Catholics. I thought I'm going to check out the Catholics. They okay. sound interesting. So. That's what starts it all. We got, you know, John John F. Kennedy, and then we've got his brother Bobby. And I mean, you had a bad view of this family, didn't you? Just say, oh it. yeah, oh yeah. I didn't. I already say it. I just yeah. called and them. How you, bad do was I need it? to repeat that? What kind of shit did you read about these poor people? You read all that sensational shit about Bobby. Well, it, when it comes to Bobby Kennedy, I, I have a, a enormous library of movie stuff. So, you know, there's a connection between the Kennedy family and the movie fam, uh, the movies primarily. Pat, Pat the sister, married Peter Lawford, yep. uh, provides a link. And uh, John F. Kennedy is known to have, you know, kind of gone down that Hollywood road to some extent. And, Bobby was, yeah, and, and you know, Bobby is sort of like uh, is somewhat connected with it. And so, what I did is I tried to I tried to connect dots that basically weren't there. I mean, it's as I look back on it and I go through and take a look at things 
which are not the greatest sources, but you would think would have something about it. There is nothing. It's a nothing burger. So, so the, the affairs of Robert Francis Kennedy are bullshit. Is that right? Let me just say that uh, they, they're, they're severely, at the very least, they're severely overstated. They're, there's so much innuendo that it's just, it's a bad label. Yeah, I, I think say. so too. It's a bad he, label. Hey, he was like all the Kennedy boys. If they didn't flirt with women, they weren't Kennedys. But did it mm. go beyond the flirting? Probably not. You know, like I said before, there is just nothing to, there's no proof that there was any uh, affairs, any infidelities with respect to, to Robert Kennedy. Is there? I can't say one way or the other, but as far as we can tell, exhaustive yes. research f- fails to uncover any. Yes, not just that, but I mean, let's just set the, set the context here. The, he's one of nine children. How many, how many of these children were men, John? Three. Three out of nine. That means six of them were women. And then, of course, what happens? Somebody says, well, yeah, wasn't one of those six uh, mentally disabled? Oh, yeah. Let's... Wow. Come on. Wow. That's, what, that, that, that's a way that this family is looked at. That is so sad. Well, we're going to remedy that toward the end. Thanks to my Chicago girlfriend, uh, Anya. And by the way, that's... Anya what... Klaus. Anya Klaus. That's what Mary Jane calls her. Your Chicago girlfriend. Really? Well, I would call her my kindred spirit. Yeah. Um, but she, she is wonderful, though. I love her. She's just the best. She, so. Yeah, so huggable, too. I really mm-hmm. like Anya. Yeah, good hugs. Uh, yeah, she, she, she treats me better than I deserve. So I'm glad to have mm-hmm. her as my Chicago girlfriend. She probably hates that term girlfriend, too. Oh, that I would never say that to her. Well, what I would say I, what best friend. I, say? I would best say friend? best friend, Chicago, best Chicago friend. Squeeze is probably uh, inappropriate, too. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that either. I'm going to just I mean, shut up. I'm just going to shut up. That's what I'm going to I've, I've, I've introduced her several times, and I, I, just, I just tell my people. My friend, I said, I work, yeah, I, yeah, my friend. I say, look, I work, work with her, but it goes beyond that. It's, she's, she's there to help me, and she's done it so many times. And by, by the way, she says, look, if you run into any problems this weekend, in terms of getting up and causing problems, I'm right around the corner. Oh, yeah. She saved your ass the last time. Yeah, but well, let's get back through to a the podcast. subject Let's here. get through it. Okay, yeah, come on. Nine, let's let's nine talk kids, about it here. Nine kids. Nine kids. Nine and, kids and Bobby's the runt, right? Bobby is the, the – he's a little guy. If you take a look at pictures of him with, with his uh, older brother, uh, John, and his younger brother, Teddy. Teddy, you not a see, small man. Not a small. You, you you see Bobby there, and he is he is a little bit smaller. He is definitely not as tall. He's leaner. He's he weighs probably a, a couple of pounds over 150. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. And and so that's it. I mean, so he's got and his his father was constantly kind of treating him as if he was the sissy of of the family because right. of his size and because of his politeness and his kind of understated behavior yep. compared to these other outrageous uh, Kennedys. So uh, he Kennedy felt man. Need, yeah, he felt a need to overcome that and probably as a result uh, was a little bit more aggressive than, than the others. And it's just amazing. He's like a bull. He ends up being a bulldog. He plays. He's one of the everybody says, well, you know, the, the strong, virile Kennedys. Well, who's the one who plays college football? Bobby Kennedy. He plays at Harvard. Um, GFK, division one. Oh, his yeah, Division One football. He but and he actually 
to the extent of showing endurance, he actually plays a uh, part of a game with a broken leg. Wow. I mean, oh, that takes insanity. guts. That takes no, that's, guts. Yeah, it's borderline insanity. Yeah, it sounds so, like one of us. So he became a very a good action man, and uh, John Kennedy saw these qualities in him. And so as he's writing his political letter, and we know that another thing to think about is that uh, Joe Sr., the father, always had in mind that one of his sons would become president. I mean, this was a... This was a political, there's a lot of political background on both sides, both Rose and uh, John uh, Senior, uh, Joe Sr.'s uh, family in Boston with, you know, politics, etc. So this was going to be the road. And Joe It's going to be Joe. Joe Jr. It's going to be Joe. Joe Jr. was going to be the man. Mm-hmm. He was killed during World War II. And so number two in line is John. So John is, um, you know, has is going up the political ladder, starting with, you know, he's he's in Congress. He becomes a senator, and along the way, who is doing all the heavy lifting in terms of getting them there? The cleanup Bobby. man, Bobby. Bobby's doing it. He's the one who's running the campaign. He runs, you know, the the campaign in Massachusetts, and then what he does is he then uh, becomes embedded in the in the political the Democratic Party. And actually, I read this where. He did a little work on the Adlai Stevenson uh, presidential campaign, which provides him with some experience in doing something beyond the state of Massachusetts, which becomes right. critically important to him. Very. But then we've got this other side of Bobby Kennedy that says, well, I'm going to go to law school, University of Virginia. Then he ends up taking a trail into Washington, D.C. as a counsel to several of the uh, Congress committees including the Joe McCarthy uh, committee yeah. uh, going after communists. Uh, he ends up then going on the McClellan committee that's going well, after Iraq. Hold on. He, he bailed on, on McCarthy because he figured yeah, out that it yeah, was bullshit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the fact is that that's something that that was a uh, reputation which he had to overcome because yep. Joe McCarthy obviously uh, somewhere along the line is called out in terms of going being a little too aggressive and it's just – just a, cra- a lot of craziness going well, on. Well, yeah, our, fir- our, first, our first Donald Trump, Joe McCarthy. Oh, God. Let's, yeah. I, we, we could talk about Taylor Gunner Joe, but I, let's, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, enough of that. So then he goes after, uh, he goes after Hoffa in, uh, in terms crime. of in crime. And so, you know, we, we, we got a guy who is, who's got this bulldog reputation. He takes no prisoners. When, when you go up on the stand, and are being uh, with testimony and being questioned by Bobby Kennedy, uh, he leaves you with scars, sharp and elbows, sharp elbows. That's scars what that are basically are there for the rest of your life that you that a lot of these people feel, and that yep. is going to be important to remember because bottom line is, as he moves up the ladder, he does make a lot of enemies. Yes, he does. Um, and true because he was very very aggressive. But, uh, you know, the thing is that uh, John F. Kennedy has him become his campaign manager and becomes president. And Bobby, out of that, becomes attorney general. But he's much more than an attorney general. Oh, yeah. As it relates to the uh, uh, John F. Kennedy presidency, he is his right-hand man. Yeah. Uh, He is his go-to guy when he needs somebody to do some severe, heavy lifting. And he is tested in that regard. Yeah. Yep. He has tested in so many fronts. I mean, the one that you hear the most about is the Cuban Missile Crisis, which 
we yeah. lived through. And uh, we, we were there with the tension, probably the closest that the world up to this point has come to a nuclear war. Um, and, and Bobby is the one who was able to broker the deals with the Russians. And of course, his, his brother is the hero because he's the one who's standing up there and making all the speeches as this thing sort of begins to sort of simmer down and we have the blockades and we have the deals where, okay, the missiles are coming out of Cuba, this and that. Later, ours will come out of Turkey. But out of all of that, the words that we forget so often are at the end of it when President Kennedy says, thank God for Bobby. Thank God for Bobby Kennedy. That's, he said his whole name. That's correct. Yes, because he realizes that without his, without his brother doing all that work, uh, it, it, nothing would have happened. But there were other fronts. And yeah. I mean, the civil yeah. rights movement that quite often, uh, when it becomes to the legislature and the Great Society and uh, civil rights with Lyndon Johnson, all that is, is worked out and paved by the fact that there's a lot of heavy lifting done and during the Kennedy days, yep. years. And by Bobby, <laughs> by Bobby, uh, he's the one who brokers the meetings. He's the one who, who's able to really get the lay of the land. He's he's his feet are on the ground. He's the one who's out there, yeah, who's listening, talking, and learning. Not just learning that, but and doing. He he made a call down to Georgia and got Martin Luther King out of a bad deal in in jail. And I thought about that. You know, if he had not intervened, the terrible wheels of justice would have ground over the civil rights movement in its infancy. But once uh, Bobby showed his teeth and his sharp elbows, uh, people started backing down uh, about persecuting so heavily the civil rights leaders down there. It didn't keep them from getting, you know, mauled and eventually killed. But uh, I don't, I wonder how history, uh, so many times when you watch this documentary on Netflix you ask yourself, what if, right? And we're going to do a little of that today. But what if he hadn't made that call? And he didn't want to make the call. That's one of the more interesting things, right? You didn't, you didn't invite, as much as the, the, the strong sense that uh, Robert Kennedy had with respect to civil rights, you didn't invite Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy to the same party. They were not exactly what you call buds. They, they were, were not bosom yeah, buddies. They didn't like each other. They did not like each other, and uh, but that was not something that was going to keep Robert Kennedy from confronting issues that needed to be addressed. Yep. To the extent that he had a very rude awakening when he when mm-hmm. they had this meeting uh, that took place yeah. during, uh, you know, during the the John Kennedy presidency, where he had a mission. He, yeah, yeah, he felt that what what was important was to go and get the leaders together in New York City, the, uh, the James Baldwins, the Harry Belafontes, uh, all these guys, and, and say, look, here's what we're doing, and, we're, and here's the progress we're making. And guess what he ended up finding out? He says, well, you yeah, he was, nothing yet. He told them, he told them, uh, here's the program, and we, we want you to be on, and here's yeah. what we need you to do for us. Right. And that went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? Oh, that's it. I mean, he he left the impression that we've done a lot and we want to do more. But he, had, he unfortunately just led, left a bad taste in all those uh, civil rights activists uh, uh, mouth. I mean, the Lena Horns, all of these people. It was an incredible cast of people that 
the assemblage of of civil rights activists that came together there in uh, in, in the early sixties. Oh yeah, that, that, that was a bad meeting for him. It was. It was a small meeting too, by the way. It's not like a room full of people. No, we're probably talking half a uh, dozen. 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 I would say more than a, a dozen. I looked okay. through the whole list. There's a lot of, yeah, it's it's a, a who's who of civil rights activists um, back in you know the early '60s. Well, so what, really, did, what did they tell them? Well, they told them uh, like get off your ass and be a part of our, you know, be be very forceful, do the right things, don't just sit, you know, too much talk, not enough action. Is the way I got out of it. And, I probably got more. Yeah, and also. I think it was Belafonte when I heard him talk on the show. He said, you need to actually know what you're talking about because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You need to get in there and actually see and talk to people who are in this situation because you don't get it yet. Yep. And it's hard to say that to, to these guys because both Bobby and John did put their necks out on the line several times and said, quote, unquote, the, most of the right stuff. But, you know, when you're black, when you're poor, when you're when you're on the outside and someone on the inside is talking like that, your first your first reaction is really, <laughs> you know, and they let him know. And, and he got really angry about the whole thing, too, and kind of disbanded the meeting pretty, mm-hmm. pretty quickly and then wiretapped all those people. Look, the bottom line is we've got entitlement here. I mean, this is a, this it. is a this is something that you just can't talk and overcome. I mean, you you you've got a Kennedy family that you know is, is better known for all their their, their escapades on weekends and tr- getting into trouble, skirting and, the law. And, you know, yeah, uh, always flirting with with you know being on the edge of of the law. Of uh, their behavior was outrageous. That's all. Yep. You know, that, that's what the news is. And so all of a sudden you're going to have uh, Robert Kennedy go and say all the wonderful things they've done when the, the newspaper articles are all about the silliness that these guys would do. Yeah. And so th- they didn't have what you call a the, – the serious nature of the family was not something that was publicized. It was more the craziness. Yeah, and Bobby, and that's what Bobby was the cleanup guy. He, he didn't get to participate as much as he got to clean up the messes. Yeah, well, he was actually, if you take a look, and as, as he's viewed by most people, they say if, if there is a straight arrow in, the, in, that, in a family, it's Bobby. I mean, he's the one who's probably staying closer to normal than any of them. Yeah, um, but he got painted, you know, he got tarred with the same brush. Yeah, because he's with his brother. Mm-hmm. And, stay, uh, and, and covering up and cleaning up and blah, blah, blah. So, but, okay, they got, he got crucified at this meeting, got angry, did a few stupid things. And then uh, he had an awakening, it seems. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is that uh, what happens here is that he does have the awakening. He is able to, through the remainder of his brother's presidency, uh, make a lot of incredible, well, a lot of things are happening. I mean, they had to make some decisions in terms of students going to various universities in Mississippi, Alabama, et cetera. Black students. Yes. So those were uh, those are critical moments. And it's amazing how through those moments, when, when you watch this film, it's like huh. all of a sudden you see a different side of JFK. Yeah. You, you look at him and you, we have a persona of this you know, guy who can make incredible speeches, uh, you know, and, and, and really wow over an audience and be, you know, and have a jocularity to him when when in fact, 
we see him in the meetings and we and it's to the point where he all of a sudden realizes he's on and he says stop that cut it no more cut it cut it yeah because you you get this glimpse of 15 or 20 seconds he's on where film. you see yeah. he's on film and you see a guy who's got a little worried there's a little worried expression and we're not talking the cuban cuban missile crisis here we're talking about and not to undermine it but we're talking about students you know black students trying to go to the universities and of course we're talking about Bobby's george wallace who's making all the phone calls and the george wallaces and 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 what's happening is that that Bobby's the one who's the communicator. He's the one who's basically on the phone, well, and then reporting back to his brother, because his, his 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 brother's running the show and he's delegated, and he's done a good job of delegation. Yeah, so he is a good delegator. Uh, and here's interesting: just so uh, younger people who might be listening can get the context of all this, uh, George Wallace was the governor of Mississippi, was it or Alabama? No, Alabama. Alabama. Okay, Alabama. governor of Alabama. And uh, he was die in the wool segregationist, which is another word for racist. And he was he, he mean, was he was states' rights. Oh yeah, which is dog whistle for. <laughs> hey, come on! I'm I, I, I'm trying to give you the, the the words as they were used back in the day. Yeah, this is yeah. a man who ble- believed that the state of Alabama had the had rights. It had certain rights. And it's like he it's like, well, what are we doing? Uh, there was a thing called the Civil War. Do you remember that, by the way? No, he doesn't, of course. No, he'd forgotten. <laughs> he completely forgotten about the Civil War and why it was fought. <laughs> he did not want black people going to the state universities and he was going to block them with his body. And so Bobby's job was to counterblock mm-hmm. to get him out of the way. So the students could get only two of them. Right. And it was so, yeah, it, it, but it's so funny. It's like, well, where is where's Governor Wallace right now? Is he in front? Is he, is he in yeah, front the of film, the door? Is he at the, the side of the narrates, door? The film narrates Ooh. the damn thing. All oh, the phone calls. On. It's all on film. It, it, we look at it and say, is this really what the presidency is all about? Uh, where a guy positions, where his, uh, his enemy positions himself in front of a doorway? Uh, yeah, you know, I remember. Jet, uh, he uh, said, I, I, oh, yeah. you, you can't manhandle him. You can't. Use your yeah. hands. They had rules. You can't yeah, use like, your hands on Wallace. What we're going to do is we're going to we're just going to buy. You're just going to push him with our bodies, not using hands, out of the way as we go in with the. St- they had a whole thing. Oh, you know, it's like these doggone uh, the fe- the federal uh, troops that came in. They're referees. It's like yeah. all of a sudden you expect them to be zebras in uniforms there giving signals uh you know as if they've been 15 yard penalties for illegal use of hands that's what you expect to come out of there. referee you were referring to a referee there okay well, zebras, yeah. yeah zebras I didn't, yeah i didn't get that at first oh i'm sorry uh I, we don't know zebras we're not sports people we are not uh, you down are here, not down here we but look, you know, oh, my family right. and i texas many, knows nothing about football i'm sure why well, i said i said my family down here, down there, down there, down there happens to be Texas, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, let's not get into a, our typical uh, brotherly uh, discussion. <laughs> I do enjoy it, though, and so do you. And so do the oh. kids out there listening. They're fighting oh, God. again. They're fighting again. Okay, oh, let's get down to some other topics. Here, All right, so, so what, to, happened? To, what some... happened? What happened? What happened? What well, we happened? So got the, the boys know. are fighting the good fight. They're trying to understand, but they don't get it. But they did a few things right. Let's face it. They got MLK 
out of Martin Luther King out of jail at a crucial time. They got uh, those students into the University of Mississippi, which is incredible, and it did not. And, and, and they handled it very cleverly in the end. And I will leave that for people who watch the show to enjoy. Little tease there, right? Yeah. It didn't go the way they thought it would. It actually went a little better and yeah. a little less physical, shall we say. It all worked out. It worked out. And so that went on, that went on, that went on. And I think the next big milestone is what really is the pivot point for our friend Bobby. And that is the assassination of his brother, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, so that's... much has been said. We don't need yeah, to cover we don't need it. To go. Let's not go However, I do think it's very, very important just to put yourself in his shoes for a second. Everything. Now, it's not like the Kennedy family has not known tragedy. They lost Joe. And as you brought up earlier, they, all, they have a sister who has to more or less be watched and taken care of and eventually institutionalized. Uh, and so they know tragedy. Not everything goes their way. Joe Kennedy fought for what they had. He didn't, it wasn't handed to him. So, you know, these are real people. And I, I, that's what I do to myself. I talk about these are real people. And this guy just lost his brother in the most terrible and public and final way possible where his poor wife is scrambling on the back of a car trying to pick up the top of his head so she can mm. put it back on and walks into off a plane with his casket covered in blood. So come on, you know, this is terrible shit and it's his brother and he is lost without his brother and because the relationship. And so, you know, I go there, I think, I'm the little brother in, with you and me. And what if John, you know, and I think all this stuff and it's pretty heart wrenching and terrible. But that's what, why the name of this show is what becomes of the heart broken hearted is because what do you do with that much grief? You know, and I lost my son. You lost your wife. We know about grief, but on this level, it's pretty atomic. And so this guy is a bomb walking around he's getting into fights with lyndon johnson the new president he's uh at odds sometimes with jacqueline about the funeral and all this well, terrible stuff and, and there's so, a couple of things number one who does who how does bobby kennedy find out that his how does he find out that his brother's been shot tell me he, mortal enemy j edgar hoover calls him and says your brother's been shot click nice um uh, he finds out that, uh, by the way, he says, well, uh, he, there's, there's arguments about what we might consider at this point to be rather petty, but they're very important. To, to Bobby says, well, let's let, let's let President Kennedy, uh, let's, my, let's let my brother be president, at least till he gets back to D.C. And though Lyndon Baines Johnson says, no, I need to be sworn in on a plane on the way there. I need to be president when I get to Washington. It's like little things like that immediately. It's like. It's sort of like your your brother's been killed, and by the way, uh, we're, we're going to dance kick on you his while grave. You're, yeah, yeah, we're going to dance on the grave and kick you while you're down. But I, I have to just, I'm I'm in Texas. I've been to all the Lyndon Johnson stuff, and so have you. A lot of it, I took you there, and also I've watched a lot of the depictions of all this in red. And Johnson's motivations were not to dance on uh, John's grave at all, and he was right. He did the right thing, and Bobby was actually wrong. 
in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, we could we could argue this. We say, well, look, it's important to show that the presidency continuity is in, is, is in place, and we have continuity, and there's a smoothness in in, in the in as it can much as there can be under the circumstances. And Lyndon Johnson's a a, politi- a political animal who's very efficient, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. He and so yeah, I'm giving we're giving two different sides to the same yeah, story. Yeah, but the bottom exactly. line is that LBJ as a as a vice president was not something that Bobby recommended, and and that's where the, the that's a big piece of where their division and the way that their relationship uh, was, and so. Bobby knew that his days as the attorney general were going to be numbered. Well, number one, he's no longer going to be the right-hand man, obviously. Right. So he has a, he has this position of much greater strength with his brother. That is, it's, it's way beyond attorney general is is the issue here. Certainly beyond vice president. (laughs) Yeah. And then of course, there's some question as they approach, um, 64 in a in, in the re-election as to well let's there's a big thing saying well, let's make Bobby Kennedy the vice presidential candidate and that kind of that that, that doesn't Ooh. go anywhere nowhere it's at a all. big lead balloon yeah it sure is uh, so he ran for Senate instead for New York in New York yeah and there's a lot of divisiveness in terms of that I mean we've got yep. uh, we got a contingent saying well uh, here we got a carpetbagger coming into New yep. York when, and uh, so and we've got well. Here's a guy who's you know going to take advantage of the legacy of his brother and ride that coattail all the way you know to wherever it might take him. And of course, once people see that he's on that political trail, they figure that it's oh you're going to be fair senator. game. He's fair game. We're, we're, uh, senator, you're going to be senator what for maybe a term at best. Yeah, uh, we, we know where you're going. You want to be in D.C. You want to be in the White House. Yep. So. He's he's got this. He's got a lot to overcome in terms of the, the perception. And I'm, yep. I had to be truthful. Back in the day, when all this is coming down, I'm right there, um, questioning as a Republican, uh, and not what you call a strong one. But I'll tell you, in '64, I did go to political rallies. Right. I remember it. Yep. Did you? I did not. I did, and I was. Aged. I was playing rock and roll. I was Barry Goldwater, so big, so I was so much into Goldwater. La 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 la. What's that mean? I'm not listening. La 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 la. Okay, that's something I don't. Let's talk about rats. Don't want to hear it. I know you want to talk about rats. Oh wow. Okay, talk about a smooth transition. That was cool. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to get off the topic. I can tell when you're snoozing. When I get the dance. I wasn't snoozing. I was blocking. Sorry. I was not oh, a gold water yeah, man. Snoozing comes later. Sure. Okay, so he's senator. He made it. He won. Uh, not he easy. He had to work oh, for right. it. Oh, that's right. That's stupid antic. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, he, he had to work for it. He had a campaign. And this is, what, two years after his brother died? He yeah, I mean, general for a while. he, he yeah. announces in 64. I mean, it's pretty quick. So... Uh, you know, he's got to do all that. Watching the film, a couple moments where you could see his grief overcomes him. And it's breathtaking that they got it on film. And some of the people around him knew what was going on with him, although he never publicly talked about this stuff. But I'm trying to portray the weight this guy is carrying around. And 
his the beginning of his freeing himself from it or at least moving it in a different direction is his run for senator and his career as a senator, which I thought was pretty good. Short lived but good. Short lived but good. He got he got some stuff done. And what, the example in the film is this woman had uh, rats were gnawing the toes of her little kid while she was in a, in bed or in a crib sleeping. And uh, she wrote a letter to the senator saying, "Help me, my landlord won't take care of the problem." So, Bobby sends some folks over. I don't know. Did Bobby go over there? I can't remember. Oh well, first thing we need to say that you know this is New York City, part of his his territory. He's senator mm-hmm. of New York, mm-hmm. so I mean he's dealing he's dealing with local problems, uh, yep. problems within his state, which I think is important for people to understand. This is not a guy who's you know marching all over the United States. He wants to deal with his constituents. He wants yep. to help them, and he does it. Yeah. And I I think he's being a real thing, guy. He's being a real he's, he's being, being a, a real guy. And you know guy. what? Yeah. The most impressive thing to me in terms of this whole thing with the the, the ghettos of of New York City that that where this woman came from is this is not a woman who was trying to be was not helpless and wasn't trying to just right. to, she had a herd of cats there. Well, she got a herd of cats after. after no, this, she did right? that before. I mean, this is a woman who basically wow. was trying to solve her problem but wanted help and wasn't just sitting there helpless. But she had cats to protect her doggone child. And, of course, wow. Bobby comes in and, you know, they, he rattles a few cages and is able to get the landlord to get things straightened out. But I just I, I respect people who have problems and who've tried to solve them but are looking for a bigger solution. So he got on the Senate Nutrition Committee. As part of that, he was he had to go to different places around the country to investigate the the malnutrition that takes place in Appalachia and and uh, a few other places around the country where there's extreme poverty. And so thus began his education into not just poverty, but civil rights got real suddenly. It wasn't just an abstract idea. It wasn't a meeting in a hotel room with Lena Horne and Harry Belafonte. It was the real deal. It was what they were urging him to do at the time. And now, finally, he gets a big dose of it. And it's all on film, and you can watch him doing all this stuff. And here's this guy in a suit, a Kennedy, walking around in these shacks with no running water. And kids who don't have running water, can't keep themselves clean, are skinny, uh, distended bellies, because God knows what they're eating when they do eat. And so there's all this terrible stuff going on. And he is talking to the kids. He's talking to the parents. He's, he's, he's touching the kids and comforting them. And, and, you know, it's really remarkable. You start seeing this guy with sharp elbows suddenly uh, with soft hands and, and a loving heart. And you watch him change as you watch this film. And it's not acting. You can tell it's not acting. He really was moved by all this. He got home, read all of his four million kids, uh, the riot act and said, look, there, we've got to devote our lives to this. If you don't solve this problem when I'm gone, then I'm going to be angry and you have to do this. And he really laid down the law. He got, he spun off his, uh, uh, core a little bit there and, and he got, he got religion and this was his new religion. And he just couldn't get it off his mind. My personal view of this, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, 
is this is Bobby trying to do something with his unending grief. He never stopped grieving. He never got undepressed about his brother. And so what he decided to do was, you know, he transferred some of that and saw other people were suffering too. It made him feel less isolated it, it, to join that fight. And that's what I believe really changed him. It was a combination of the assassination, his grief, and the fact that he's not the only one. Many other people are suffering in different ways. And although they're suffering in a different way than he is, it's still suffering. It's still terrible. It's still dark. And it's still no hope. And so he understood no hope, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. So that set his trajectory, I think. Your thoughts, John? My thoughts? You don't want to hear my thoughts. Oh. You really don't. I mean, I, I, think, in the, I think in the element. I, I mean, this movie obviously changed me. But I think in the moment, in the moment was we've got a senator who basically has decided that he's going to be bouncing around not only the country, but also the world in his march towards the presidency. Okay. Wow. That's what I felt back then. Do you okay. ask my thoughts? Okay. I, how how about your thoughts you ask today? Me. My thoughts I, today I, are different. I, okay. That's what I was talking about, actually. Well, let's, I, uh, let's talk about how we felt. I, I'm more into. Uh, okay. Know, you talk. Oh. You, you're maybe talking about how you felt back then. I like. No, I'm then. not. I'm, I'm talking about I'm how I feel talking today. My personal experience with the Kennedys. John, and I'm only talking about today. Today, I, oh. I, I was. I was stoned. Forget at the what time we did back. Was happening. Yeah. Well, I, I was not, uh, and I had feelings. Okay. So okay. Feel free to. Uh, Be careful uh, what you share. ask. That's all I'm saying. I'm not afraid. Oh, I'm not afraid to tell you. Okay. Okay. So that's where I was back then. Of course, you know, I you said asked me to to watch it. I did a. I watched it. Things have changed since, and as we proceed onward, you will you will you will learn a little bit more as to how I've changed. That's okay. A tease, by the way. Ooh. So he goes to South Africa and gives a pretty pretty famous speech uh, against apartheid. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy thing to do. I've spent time in South Africa. You have. And the You've had some incredible experiences down there. And I just have to say, even when I went, which was 1978, uh, the, the thoughts and feelings and culture down there are, well, let's just talk uh, uh, the Deep South uh, during the Civil War. It's about there, even mm -hmm. in 78. And... Uh, it, I can imagine what it was like when he went down there in the, in the mid-60s. It wasn't a whole lot different. But he – now, you know, let's just do a counterpoint here. Although I wasn't thinking about these things at the time because I was busy doing other things. However, uh, in looking at it now, I can't really see the calculus for political ambition in fighting for civil rights and poverty because of the demographics that's not a good base from which to get elected so i don't really see it when when he sticks his neck out and goes down there now remember at this time in the united states when he's doing this oh there's a lot of investment from the u.s and south africa they're making money off apartheid in the united states so he was not encouraged to go down there and make that speech he was told to butt out by his own people and certainly by the South Africans, but he did it anyway. And he, he stuck his chin out and made the speech. So, you know, I don't think this is the road to the White House myself yet. Well, all I can say is that um, 
the, the fact is that the, clearly he was catering to minorities. And if you take a look at the numbers, oh, hey, listen, why, why, why get behind the bandwagon of the blacks? They're, they're, they're a small percentage of the population here. You've got middle America, middle class America that you're going to deal with. Yeah, you could make that point that obviously yep. he wasn't he wasn't politicizing it in extent in, to the extent of the, the, what he's going after. But the bottom line is there's a lot of publicity. There's there's a there is that is going You're on right. with respect You're to right. this. His name his name is getting out there at this point. Uh, Absolutely. Much more. Even and if it's more beyond it. the state and the enemies are there. Um, yep. And the long knives come out. Yeah. And, and and what he's doing and you could say, well, he's leaving himself vulnerable under the circumstance for the causes. Yeah. And. Again, I'll, I'll bring this up again. Hey. I think it's therapy for him. I don't it's think it's, it, but it's also uh, headlines. I'll agree with that totally. But they're not the kind that, well, of course, any publicity is good publicity. But but that's still, exactly what I was thinking as you go through all hey, this. Hey, hey, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. You're right. But I think the thing, the leading motivation, I mean, it's hard to do these things. People, we can talk about it in the abstract now. But if you have if you've had confrontations with people or been next to one, you know, you know, I watched our father make people apologize to me personally for using the N word in front of me. And I saw his fist ball up and he was ready to fight. So I know what it's like to be in a bad confrontation. And the man he was doing it with was from Kentucky and he was like 80 years old already. That guy's not going to change. But I'll be damned if Pop didn't make him apologize to me. So. Mm. That's how I look at this shit, is that it's not easy to do this. Okay, it got him headlines, but believe me, he paid for it. It's not easy to stand in front of a group of people in South Africa and say, y'all are fucked up. You need to stop this. We already went through it. It doesn't work, and we're still going through it. You've got a long ways to go. We've got a long ways to go. Let's do it together. Mm. I think the together easy. thing is something that come, is part of Constantly, the, the, he says that. Yeah, and that's something. I think that's the seed. And that's that, the difference between John and Bobby, too. Yeah. I think. But Jack was the individual, and you can do it. You know, every, every individual who fights for freedom frees people. A ripple goes out, all that stuff, you know. Yeah. And, but it was the individual. But Bobby was, because of the times, we can come together. It looks like we're worlds apart, but we don't have to be. Let's sit together and talk mm-hmm. about this. I will listen. That's what that's because that's what he did up. That's how he got to South Africa. He was listening. So I'm going to give him a, I'm, I'm easier on him. I'll agree than you are. And I think it's good that you're being tough on him. We have to look at this stuff soberly. We can't just, you know, take some saccharin and, and go to bed. We have to you have to be an active participant. You can't just mm-hmm. you can't spackle over these holes in the wall because they're there. I agree. And I disagree respectfully. Yeah. Disagree with me, please. I know you like it. I know you Jeez. like it. You're, you're, I won't so, say you're sick, but you do have, you're a little bent, but brother, just a little bit though, in, in yeah, an endearing way and predictable. Okay. Yeah, I like it. It's personality. Okay, okay so there, there's a lot of other stuff he did. I think Let's the California thing uh, is important. Uh, the, the yes, it is. And uh, the fast, this, the fast. He was starving himself to death until something happened. Yeah, this is all in in the, the film, and it, it's it's Pretty really moving. it's very moving stuff. Uh, Kennedy's right in the thick of it. This is this is not something that you know he's phoning in. No doubt, nope. he's right there 
with the protest and, and where people can understand. So what he's done is he's he's taken on another minority, the Hispanics, and mm-hmm. he's migrant you know, workers, migrant workers, a whole other group of, of needy people, a part of our pro- poverty and something that needs to be addressed. Yep. Far. Uh, I mean, he's on the he's a pioneer in this regard. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So and, I think that's very important. Yeah. Doing some pretty good stuff uh, is. And so it it kind of bubbled up all this. And here's where I don't know the calculus when he made his decision to run for president or not. I think what motivated him was the riots, the discord, the protests against the war. Uh, and, and he just can't get this poverty stuff out of his mind. He can't. He keeps seeing these kids and he see, keeps seeing his kids. And he sees the discrepancy between them, and and you know he's and it's making him handle his own depression and, and and grief better because he's doing something. He's not just sitting there. And you get several shots of Bobby staring at the at the floor and holding his chin in this thing. And he really does think and feel about this stuff. He's not, as you said, phoning it in. So he's got himself a, a four point campaign uh, to. End, end the frickin' war and stop and giving away all the money and lives to, to countries that don't even want us there and we don't have a chance of winning. And, of course, he knows this because he's been in the meetings with McNamara and all that stuff when his brother was alive, mm-hmm. and he knows it's a hopeless inherited war. And it'll keep going on unless somebody does something. And he was right, of course. You know, it was Lyndon Johnson's bane. Lyndon Johnson did some great work that was totally overshadowed by the war. That's why he didn't run. Well, there's a couple things happening as we proceed to the uh, 1968, and we are have to we have a battle, you know, in terms of the Democrats. Johnson has a super landslide victory in 1964, so it appears that oh, this is a slam dunk. What we're going to do is we're going to have Johnson run again in '68, and a couple things happen. Number one, he he just barely wins the New Hampshire primary. Johnson does, and so he yeah. senses. That, you know, this, this, the thing with the war is just overwhelming everything else I've done. I am yep. not the Mr. Nice guy that, that I'd like to be. Number two, the opposition to the war comes forth in the Democratic Party with a, 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 a adversary called uh, Eugene McCarthy. Eugene McCarthy, you're right, you're right. And, and McCarthy, McCarthy, too. Yeah, well, McCarthy is clean gene. He's the one who's, who's really writing through us. So what happens is Kennedy sees all this. He's got – he feels – you know, that he should be a part of the fray. And I mean, because he's got incredible causes. And as we take a look, as you pointed out, he's got some strong feelings and he feels that it's important that he become a, a player. And, and he feels the only he feels he's the only one who can bring people together. He does. Which is odd for a guy who, you know, had such sharp elbows earlier in his career. He was not known as a conciliator. He was known as a, a bulldog, as you said, uh, and and a forceful, oppressing personality. But the perception back then is that one, he goes to McCarthy and says, by the way, I think I'm the man who can carry this, uh, carry this baton. And mm-hmm. I'd like you to give me your support. And then we've got Johnson all of a sudden uh, deciding. And to me, uh, out of all of this stuff, what I remember is I remember when J- Johnson decides not to run, I think this to me is shocking. I mean, yeah, I can't is. believe it. It shocked everybody, including yeah. the White House. Yeah, and so and this happens. I tried to look back as the timing. Kennedy announces his candidacy before Johnson decides. So it's amazing. 
because you know we've talked a little bit about how these two didn't get along, Johnson and Kennedy. But I, I have a feeling they that, didn't. They didn't. Yeah, I mean they, they because yeah. Johnson helped him get elected senator right. in New I York. Mean, he was a he political was animal. Uh, Johnson was, and he realizes yeah. that it's important at certain points to have the support of Kennedy. So he he does he does work that very very well staying on the fence in terms of his relationship with lobby it isn't like they weren't talking they show right. in the film where they're actually having conversations together and they're very and friendly i ones. would say formally cordial yeah and, and you know the thing is is that down here and now i'm talking about texas down here the lyndon johnson culture is very much alive you know the people the the these two brothers the Klingman brothers worked on our cars for years and down here, and they took care of Lyndon's cattle. That was their job. They're from Johnson City, and they know the culture. They know the people and all that, and they were just like, you know, when we talk about this stuff, they're more along the lines of, well, the reason he didn't run was because of Bobby. He didn't have it in him to fight he a did. Kennedy. He didn't he have did. it in him to fight a Kennedy. That was the main thing, because he still revered John Kennedy, even though he fought with John Kennedy, too. You know, Lyndon Johnson's a bellicose fellow. He's a fighter. He's nasty. He's dirty. But he has a heart of gold. And everyone yes. down here knows that. And he and that's is what, very that's sensitive. He was very sensitive to his public yes. image. And he felt, and I, you, know, you have your impression, you think, well, Kennedy yep. kind of pushed him aside. My feeling is that the war is, is as yeah. big a thing in terms of him not being there because he saw the, 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 the rallies against the war and he said, this is just going to be too much. I, I, I don't want to be part of this action. Uh, that, yeah. That's my perception. Your perception is that Kennedy basically came on board and he saw, uh, he, he felt that he couldn't handle that. Uh, well, I know. well, I don't know either. No one knows for sure what's in Lyndon Johnson's heart. But the, the way I see it is that, yeah, he was getting on in, 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 with health problems because he wasn't a healthy guy. He had a terrible lifestyle. But the other thing about it too was that, you know, he did like a good fight. I mean, he loved a good fight. But I just don't think in the end, you know, there's this thing that you see in some of the biopics about Johnson. And he had one life during the day in the White House. He had another in, in the residence quarters. And he was a marshmallow in the residence. You know, it was Lady Bird had to pick up the pieces at the end of the day and put him back together. And, you know, because he would get depressed and sad and and nobody loves me. And, you know, that was his whole life. Well, that, loves me. That, the problem is, it's not a problem, but that image comes out. All of a sudden, as we see, as he's, he's resigning, we realize that what's happened here is that the strong member of this family is not anymore. I mean, he's lost yeah. his will to fight. Now, yeah. you say, we, we're just, we're not disagreeing about that. No, The will not at to, all. to fight is gone. Yeah. But what causes it? Well, we could we could dis- debate that you know for a long time. But yeah, we could. The other but thing you're that right. comes out of the, that is the, Lady Bird all of a sudden becomes the the principal player here in this game. It's, what's the first thing he did when he went off camera for that speech? I don't remember. He went and hugged his wife and daughter. Well, that's, yeah, I mean that that they were right there. He but needed I, family. I, family is yes, yes. the support of his family because at this point. That's where the action is. It's, 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 and that's what I perceived when I was watching this back in, in 68. I, I say, oh, my God. The White House isn't being run anymore by Lyndon Baines Johnson. It's being run by his wife. Which is good. 
there's nothing wrong with that. I am not. She, she, she's a great woman. I, I'm, it, but it, it, and believe me, I didn't lose any sleep over that. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's definitely the way it, it rolls over there with them. And, you know, she's been a powerful lady down here the whole time that, you know, after his death and everything like that, uh, I've seen her drive by in a limousine, you know, with a driver and all that stuff. She owns radio stations and property and she's gotten rid of most of it. But, and there's a wildflower center, you know, five minutes from our house here. That's got her name tacked on it. She's a, she's a great lady. She really is. Hey, best. Okay. You want to hear the best ladybird quote, by the way, for oh, I'm on. ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, Mrs. Johnson, your husband has been rumored to have had lots of dalliances with lots of women. How do you respond to that? She said, well, my husband likes people. And 50% of all people are women. Mm. That's good. <laughs> Solid. All she said. Hey, cultivating as you know, constituents, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, but I mean, I'm not saying... You know, this is not exactly women's lib we're talking about here by any means. No. But you have to remember the times, and she would never break the cultural norms of being a Southern Belle because that's what she was. And there's something charming about it, even though it embraced slavery. <laughs> well, the thing is that is so. Then Kennedy, uh, Robert Kennedy now becomes a player mm-hmm. in terms of the presidency, and I'll tell you, this is a point in my life where all of a sudden I am very, very interested in the Democrats. I am very interested in Robert Kennedy because of one thing, the war, Let's hear it. the war, the Vietnam War. It was personal. This became very personal to me because I said, you know what? I don't really, I'm not exactly interested in, uh, you know, slopping through the rice paddies of Vietnam. Right. So uh, Neither if, was I, I. if I got a player who is right now, who looks like he's a formidable candidate, who has a chance to be there. If this man can accelerate our getting out of Vietnam and coming to grips with that, I am all for it. I am too. I am too. I mean, this is at this point, I am, um, maybe I'm a chameleon. I don't know. But all of a sudden, I decided that I like Bobby Kennedy and I like him because of his stance against the war. That's it. That's right. Well, in our dorm, that's the way it was. No one wanted to get drafted. We had, uh, we had our deferments for being in college as long as we kept our grades up. And so, but we knew that, you know, that's going to get worse. It's a four-year sentence. That's all you got. Yeah, exactly. So, or four-year term, excuse me, four-year yeah, term. Yeah, deferment. Yeah. So those are rough times. And we live in a divided country by that time where it suddenly becomes – you know, people are burning and eating their draft cards and protesting and yelling and screaming. Professors are leading the charge and and parents are outraged and get a haircut and, you know, all that shit. So mm. that's all going on at this time. It's difficult to remember this. If you are just watching that movie, you get a little taste of it. But it, yeah. it was very real. You were there. I was there. Mm-hmm. And we have what? We have a, a campaign underway. And... Yeah. He's going to the primaries. He loses his first primary. Was it Washington State or was it Oregon, Oregon John? Oregon. Oregon. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, he had, and, and then they did the p- political calculus of why it never took off there. He did get close, surprisingly. Yeah. But he had no base. He had no disadvantaged 
poor people. And, and people say, well, that's minority wherever you go. It is, but it's his base. And because it's his base, they become his campaign workers. They become his advocates. They are voices. They talk to their parents. Their parents talk to the people they work for who are white and middle class. And boom, uh, it spreads like a virus. No virus in Oregon. But now he's got to get that viral thing going in California. And against all odds, he does it. Yep. He does it. He actually wins California. Now he's got a string of victories, one loss, but a string of victories. They know the formula. They know what to do when they hit the ground. And he knows what needs to be done because he did it for Jack against all odds. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jack barely got in office, right? Yep. That's so, true. yeah. And it was a big thing electing a Catholic and, and a young man, so young, and, and a little too handsome for most of the guys, you know, because <laughs> their wives and their girlfriends were going, ooh, John Kennedy, right? Yeah, there's a lot there. We, uh, it's a topic now, Bobby, you're not going to get the hot bod thing. I mean, he was fit, but he was a little guy, and he looked a little like a mouse. He's got those yeah, big he Kennedy have, teeth. He, yeah, and, he could have used an orthodontist. There's no doubt. Well, or not. I'm against orthodontists, so we'll talk about that on another show. Well, so am I, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, the poor guy, I didn't say the poor, the, the man who's becoming the man, and it wins California, which is a huge victory, creates huge momentum, and he gives, a, I think, a very good... Uh, speech when he he accepts the win and he's not get complacent this is just california we have more to go we have to keep at this this is not an easy message you know people don't hear this well because we're trying to end the war we're trying to end poverty we're trying to get education for all people everywhere we're trying to do four things and there's another thing i can't remember what it was now and People, a lot of people don't like this message. People in power don't like this message. We're going to have to really work hard. And he doesn't, you know, there's no illusions here of anything. But there are so many people in the Ambassador Hotel for this speech. They have two whole ballrooms full of people. And he has to go to another ballroom. He can't get out of the one he's in. So he has to take a backroom exit, go down to the, uh, uh, where they're cooking, the kitchen, and walk across and come up. You know, I don't know if they're going to put him in the, the, the little thing. They, they take the dishes up and down in or what, but they're going to get him somehow to the other ballroom. And unfortunately, he never makes it. And nope. he gets assassinated. And it's a, I hate to say this, but God damn it, watching that on film, I, you just say to yourself, this is a Kennedy assassination. Like this is a brand of assassination because it's so much like his brother's situation that it makes you want to throw up. And a busboy he had just met while he was staying at the Ambassador Hotel is there by his side, by his side, trying to help him and holding his head up and staunching the bleeding. And he's got shot in the back of the head twice by a man standing in front of him, of course. Typical Kennedy assassination. Where'd that bullet come from? Oh, and, yeah. That's, a, yeah, right, that's, I think, right? the weak point of this whole damn four, pay, four episode the fourth thing. Part, is, the fourth is, part, fourth part going. It's, You're right. It, I think it's depressing. I, you know, I, it was I, terribly I depressing. Terribly depressing. I mean, the and assassination futile. is depressing, but this whole thing about the Cover conspiracy and, is uh, is depressing too. That's what I I just why I is mean, it depressing? I, I was, because we've been trained, John. We've been trained. We know these problems will these these questions will never be answered. We don't even know if they're the right questions. We are uh, lost, and we have been trained 
to feel totally despondent and helpless when it comes to the assassination of these people. We, mm. we, I mean, it's, you know, I understand why the law and order guys go, we're going to cover all this up. We're going to throw away evidence because it creates so much chaos. If the truth were to come out, it real chaos. And so the people doing this stuff, if they are doing it, we don't even know. If they are doing it, I understand why they're doing it. It's because they don't want to have another civil war. You know? And this just, even today, fills me with total despondency. I really felt terrible when Martin Luther King got killed. But two, a little over two months later, Bobby got killed. And like you said, he was my hope not to get drafted. And God damn it. I mean, I was stoned for and drunk for a month. I didn't go mm. to any classes. Really? No one else did either. I went to class. Well, hell, we burnt down a couple buildings while we we're at it. I didn't myself, but my classmates back, did. First thing is, number one, I remember Martin Luther King's assassination had a greater effect upon me than Robert Kennedy's. I had to be truthful. Oh, yeah. But they're two different. my reaction, the two reactions are totally different. Yeah, and uh, I remember. MLK, I, I remember angry. what MLK. I remember exactly what I was doing. I don't remember RFK at all. RFK, it was just kind of like one big fuck. Well, it's yeah, it's almost like you're numb. And yeah, how much number can you be? Uh, really? So I knew none and, of the details, um, and I, I think also, I knew none of the details, and uh, I didn't care. Well, I was I just uh, here, we're we're living in a we're living near a, a, an urban center. And so the reaction is, well, the right, you know, we've all, first thing is the rights have already taken. There, there are rights. I mean, the Detroit rights, the big rights are in the 60s. You know, they're, they're before there's there's stuff going on way before, yeah. M, uh, MLK, before MLK yeah. passes, you know, is assassinated. And all of a sudden you say, holy mackerel, what more can happen in terms of violence in urban centers like Chicago, L.A., et cetera, Detroit, that hasn't already happened. So. That's the reason that there's this visceral feeling about MLK that I don't yeah. offer with Robert yeah. Kennedy. And uh, the other side for me is, and this is in the area we are, the, you, you talk a lot about momentum. And the fact is, I'm still, I am still questioned whether Robert Kennedy, uh, under, even with his uh, victory Big in win, California, yeah. could, uh, I don't think it's a slam dunk he's going to become the Democratic nominee. I'm sorry. He de- oh, he doesn't think so either. Believe me. I mean, he can't afford to think that way, and he doesn't I mean, think that way. He's a as fighter. much as we've talked about the political weakening, or not political, but the the weakening of Johnson, the politics in his strong base as, as a politician, and, and he's still, but not over still, Hubert Humphrey. He's still is, moving the gears. Believe me, yeah, Johnson's not sitting still. And uh, so as he will as not as see concerned. another Kennedy in the White House. He does not want that as much he, as he loved his brother. That's so. That's the force to be reckoned with, and I'm yeah, just not convinced that uh, that Kennedy would have won. I'm not saying he couldn't have won. I'm just saying there's a tough, there's still a, uh, it's a road to Chicago, as he says, on to Chicago. But the fact is, it is going to be a very rough, tough road. He's been there. Go ahead. He's been there and he's done that. And would he have gotten elected? The question asked now is, the night before, November 7th, 2016, who thought Trump would be president? Not Trump. Not anybody to speak of. So if Trump could get elected, 
I'm certain that Bobby could have gotten elected. <laughs> yeah, the dog catcher could get elected based upon that analogy. Not really. Not really. Because Trump spoke the forbidden words. Even though he's not done a damn thing to help the people he spoke them to, he got the middle class riled up because they were, oh, he took their, their grievances and formalized them and gave them a name, and that name was Trump. And that's what Bobby was doing. But the thing is that the Bobby's whole situation, as we've talked about, is dealing with minorities. Trump was dealing with the majority, the white, the, this middle-class white majority that people didn't realize how strong and how upset they were. Well, John, we talked about this. We're talking, I'm know. just, I'm an accountant. I'm just talking I know numbers. you're an accountant, I'm but, you numbers. know, I'm a gut check guy. And my gut check tells me that he could go to all the big metro areas and he had a base. And that base would become his campaign workers and his word of mouth right. and his, oh, let me continue, Go ahead. And, and his soldiers. And the virus would take, take effect, but there's more than that. Don't forget, a lot of parents were proud to see their, their kids go off to war because they went off to war. But there were an awful lot of parents who did not feel that way. And so Bobby's talk on Vietnam, just like you and I had hope grow in our hearts when we heard him speak and wanted him in, in any kind of office he could get mm -hmm. so that we wouldn't get drafted. There were an awful lot of parents who did not. So, and those were white middle class. Those were black. They were Hispanic. They were all over the place. At that time, war was more democratic. I'm not saying it was perfectly democratic, but we had a draft. And people expected to do national service. Now we don't have that. But all that said, I think because of that, because of the draft, because of all that stuff, I think he had a, a firm footing in white middle class America that could really do something. It would be polarizing, but I think the possibility for him winning was, and of course, he's a Kennedy. And that cuts both ways. A lot of people would use that against him, but a lot of people would use that for him. So... Too close to call, I would have to say, just to be honest. But not impossible, certainly. Not imp I agree, it's not impossible. But there was a lot that there was a lot to overcome, and I also think and he had the grief to overcome it, and the and the knowledge and the working guts of doing that because he did it for his brother, who he didn't have a prayer to begin with, and barely squeaked through. Jesus, I don't know a lot about the the process back then in terms of winning the nomination because we're talking nomination here we're not talking you're right the presidency you're right you're absolutely you, you, right you can't and we got another good example of how that can go bad too bernie sanders and so he was in the bernie sanders posture no doubt yeah and my point would be that uh hubert humphrey got the became the nominee Democrat nominee and never participated in a primary. Agreed. So I don't well, know a huge how that, and, I, and I don't, don't That's ask a vacuum. me to explain that process. It's simple. Had, it's simple. There was a vacuum. Once Bobby got shot, there was a vacuum. The whole thing was in disarray, riots, bullshit, everything broke out. But I can tell you that Kennedy was not leading after this as he marches to, to, to Chicago. And he wasn't. And, and Lyndon Johnson hands over his votes to Humphrey. 
Yep. And there's a party caucus thing that I don't understand. I, I, I can't explain it. I'm not a political expert in terms of how the process worked in order to win the nomination back in 1968. Back but rooms. Back rooms. There's a, there's a lot of that. And that's, that's what leaves me. And believe me, I am not. I think we've got two very valid uh, arguments here. One saying that, and you're, and we're both kind of, you know, on just we're both, you know, off center a little bit. Yes, you're saying he's going right. to do it, I'm, but we're not exactly what you call diametrically opposed no, to no, each other no, here. No, 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 not at all. I'm, I'm center left. You're center right. Yeah. If if you could call it left and right, I, you really can't. But oh, let's uh, just yeah. for the sake of argument, I call like it that. I like it because I was still right. <laughs> no, no, I, one, I mean not good right, one. like correct. I'm, I know, I know, right as a conservative. Oh, well, I tell you, it's it was a it was a beautiful and a terrible time to live through, oh. and you know that's exactly how I feel about my son's death. It was terrible and it was beautiful. There is a beauty to it, and uh, once you get to that point in your life, and you know the same thing with March, you know there's. Uh, there's there's something about it that is ineffable, as the word we use when we talk about the religion of baseball and all religion, yeah. that ineffability is a key component in growth and evolution. And, you know, I'm sure Bobby went through that, too. I, I mean, everyone who loses someone really close to him goes through this. And it, you have to if you survive, let's make a important caveat here. If you survive, and especially if you become able to thrive and let's face it he was thriving when he got shot down and that's what really killed people i think is a lot of hope got destroyed the pictures of those uh platforms at those train stations as his train went across the country are pretty fucking moving and they're not all poor people and they're saluting in their own ways putting their hands on their hearts the military guys have their salute up and uh, it was pretty, pretty fucking moving. And it really got to me. And I didn't really understand the magnitude of what happened until I watched this movie. And mm -hmm. I, I strongly recommend that everybody just, if you've you lived through the times, you need to watch it. If you haven't, you really need to watch it. It's four hours, I know. Who has four hours? But you have Shit. four hours. People, Find them. Uh, the attention Find span them. of individuals now, they don't have 15 minutes. I know. I'm and just an old geezer here talking. You're right. Yeah, See, I'm not going to argue my, with you. Here's my feeling. I'm so damn old. I watched four episodes of this. And what's my, my inclination is to go down a deep, dark tunnel and learn more. I, I well, there, there's, th this doesn't tell me enough to give me, I know. To, to make me feel that I've, I, I can bring closure. And now I really understand Robert Kennedy. I don't feel that way. I feel it's opened the door, but it hardly is. It, but the crack that it's open is so small that I yeah, need to yeah, learn I more agree. to understand really before I make a de definitive statement as to how wonderful Robert Kennedy is. Because I'm going, I'm taking small steps, but I'm not there. I don't think he's wonderful. That's not my point of view. Well, you my, know what I mean. My being point is political, yeah. what, not well, political, but being this, this, this cause. Whatever. Oh, the savior. He was a savior. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not there yet. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not saying, I'm I'm not saying he was steps. a savior. That's what he was to a lot of people. And, you know, uh, I, I can't get there mostly because he's dead. All these things that were supposed to happen never happened. So we don't know. Nobody knows. But I take, 
I use this for my own personal ends. You know, I watched another man who lost someone close to him deal with it, and that's what just happened to me. So I that's I have different motivations, perhaps. But that's why I love this four-episode thing. But on the other hand, I think people need to know what happened. They need to know about the speech he gave in Indianapolis right after Martin Luther King was killed, a man he did not like. Right. But he was the man, the white man, who had to stand in the middle of a ghetto by his own choice and against the advice of everyone around him, stood in the middle of a ghetto and gave the news out and then made the plea for peace by saying that he knew how they felt. And they were all looking at him hard when he said that. You are a privileged white man. You don't know anything about how we feel. And he said, a, a white man shot a close member of my family also. He didn't say his brother. He didn't even play that card. He got close to it, though. And you look at his face when he said it and the pain. And wow, guess what? No riots in Indianapolis to speak of. What was he doing in Indianapolis? You know, I don't even know what Robert Kennedy was doing because they said, don't "Don't do that. Yeah, he had security people and the police in Indianapolis said, there's no way we're going to let you pass this borderline. You know, they had it. They kind of had police barricade kind of barricade thing. And he said, I'm going in. And they said, no, you're not. He said, try and stop me. And they couldn't stop him and they had to protect him. So he went in there. And, you know, he certainly could have gotten killed while he was there. I don't think. Well, there's a whole other thing about a mystique about the fact that there's a, it's just such a, a, a thing on that, that there's two different sides. Kennedy had a fear of assassination, but on the other side of it, he had no fear. Yeah. He stood up because he stood up. He didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't have the body. In fact, out of all the this, body men, no, the, he didn't the have security them. details that these, that the, these, not these, people running for party now at the at the presidential level they should be thankful for robert kennedy because of his assassination yes. now we have secret service trailing and protecting his others because right now the one security person that he had guess what he was doing bobby says hey uh by the way my my wife she's pregnant stay with her yeah rosie watch Greer. her yeah, Roosevelt Greer, the football well, player. Yeah, well, there's a there's a couple of guys that are involved. And there. some but, other guys but, too. Yeah, but there was uh, the, the hardcore guy. The other thing is, I just want to say, and uh, you know, me, me putting my um, two cents the wrong direction, and is that <laughs> it was a political rally. Yeah, that he made a decision to to go to, rather than not going to. That takes a lot of courage. But let's take a look at why he was in Indianapolis because he's running for president. Yeah, true. So. True, he is. But he still gave that speech. Hey, I mean, he takes he takes basically he's able to take a real lemon and make it into some very good lemonade. A, a guy who is not an orator by any. No, means. no, no. I mean, he there's a motion that's carrying him to a greater heights in terms of speech making. There's no doubt. Yeah. And they're not that long. They're completely without substance. <laughs> they're they're about emotion and they're about healing the country, which are not. Not easy political speeches, <laughs> but uh, I can just tell you that the I think the whole exercise that happens in '68 for me personally was probably, as I look back on it, it might not have been the best way to happen for me, but it's the best thing that happened to me because it was the first time that something happens to me it doesn't go my way. 
I'm all of a sudden in the service and I have to deal with something. I I have this, I have this impediment that I had such a smooth road up to that point. I figure work hard, do this, do that. Oh, and before I know it, uh, I'm in the army. Yeah, you are. And I'm being in, in, in some ways I'm learning more than I would ever do in the classroom. Yeah, you are. And you're meeting people you've never met. Classes and, and, of people, and I look back uh, on it, and sure, there is a races fear. Of people, there's there's a fear uh, as you go through all this. But when I look back on it, it made me a much more complete person by yeah. going to the service, by going to Vietnam, doing all of that. Is something that was that that helps me as I you know as I look as I go through the rest of my life. I agree. So, totally agree. So it's like a good example of what you do is when you make the best of a, of a not so good situation. And that's what I needed to do. And that's what I did. Yes, you did. And you did a good job. I was very proud of you. Oh, well, I'm not going to go that far. (laughs) Yeah. You don't accept compliments. Well, I don't. Okay. So sponsor read time. Oh my God. We have, I forgot about that. We got real carried away. Going to be a long show. We're going, we're going to top 90 minutes. Let's just just deal with it. Okay. All right. Quick crying. (sighs) Don't cry. And so I'm going to do a sponsor read, and then mm. we're going to do our last points, which are interesting, and I think you should stay tuned for them. Mm. So here's, here's the sponsor. The sponsor is Bare Necessities. It's where I get my panties. Okay. So my read for this sponsor will probably be different than the one Oprah would give. Let's just mm-hmm. state that right out front. My interest in women's panties is the fact that I've had an orchiectomy and had my testicles removed and I have to wear a catheter. Not because of the testicles, because of my prostate. But that's another topic. It's too big. I can't pee. It is too big. It is. Three and a half X. It's shrunk, by the way. It's just good. for the record. So anyway, I've got to wear a catheter all the time. Uh, and I've got a lot of room down there. And if my penis moves around too much with a tube in it, it becomes extremely uncomfortable. Tube Tube management is my business. Mm-hmm. So if I wear, and I've got some great underwear that I inherited from my son when he died, and he knew his underwear, by the way, men's underwear, mm-hmm. that are so comfortable, except they've got a place for balls, and I don't have any balls. So I rattle around in there and am in, uncomfortable and fearful mm-hmm. of my pain-free existence. Therefore, Mary Jane goes, well... Here's some underwear. Wear these. Panties. And wow, they work perfectly. They keep the artist formerly known as Mr. Happy and his constant companion, Mr. Catheter, in check. Everything's under control. Except, what do I do with the end of the tube of the catheter? This is crucial. Mm. I can use a stat lock and put it on my leg, but then if I were to walk too vigorously... Mm. My dick would get yanked. Let's just say it. Yeah. However, I am a curious and active uh, cancer patient. So I figured this out early on that I can pee uphill, which means I can curve the catheter back around to the top of my undies. And I also figured out that I can put a valve on the end of my catheter so that I don't have to walk around with a bag all the time so that I can just go into a bathroom, unzip my pants, 
pull out that mm. tube and pee almost like a normal person, except that I have a valve I have to open. Yeah. So what do I do? This valve has a, a little flipper on it. So I put the, va- the flipper on the top of the band of my underwear. And I don't have to wear a stat lock. The tube management is perfect. As long as the panties are bikini panties. Right. That's, I think, the most important thing out of all of this is people and understand. You know, you've washed my panties. Well, yeah, I've washed say, That doesn't yeah. sound right, does it? Hold on. That, well, that doesn't sound good. I'm sorry, John. You've done, you, you've given a lot of explanation to a lot of detail in terms of tube management. But the bottom line is that that bikini underwear panties. works for you because of how the lining, the low, the low level lying of the panty is what makes a big difference in terms no, okay. of you having the comfort you need. But and I'm, go ahead. they have men's bikini panties or briefs, they call them. Why don't I get those? Two reasons. One, three reasons. One, they're expensive. Two, they have room for balls. And I don't have any in it. I'll get the rattle effect. And number three, fabric. Remember, I don't have any hormones. My skin is sensitive as hell. So, microfiber panties or cotton panties with a little stretch are the answer. And I've got a great link in the show notes. You can go there if you're a lady and you'd like to get some good panties. They have good prices at Bare Necessities and very high quality panties. You can get them for low as a five pack for five bucks a piece, 25 bucks. Or you can spend 40 or $50 on three of them. You know, they have good deals. But they're very high quality, they're comfortable, and you can get exactly the kind you like. If you like granny panties, they got those too. If you like thongs, they got those too. If you want them open in the back for various reasons or the front, they got those too. How so, about colors? Come on. Let's any give it all color out. Any color, any pattern. The ones I link to are striped. And boy, are they cute. Oops, uh, attractive. So, yeah, you can get those too, and you can match them with, with your T-shirt or, if you're a woman, your camisole. If you're a young lady and that kind of stuff, they really have good, high quality stuff, great colors, great patterns, great choice of the different types and all that stuff. And if you're a guy and you're hearing this for the first time, I know of more than one guy who switched who don't have my problem. They are comfortable. They're comfortable for they can be comfortable for men for reasons more than just your specific situation. Exactly. So if you're suffering some discomfort for a variety of reasons in that area. Feel Check free. out this might be a, the solution. This might be the solution that you need. Bare necessities. You won't regret it. All right. Okay. So now just a couple other quick topics. And again, uh, my friend who happens to be a girl or a woman, actually, not a girl, uh, Anya, Anya Klaus, recommended that we not leave out the Kennedy women. And I had planned to talk about Ethel, but now right. we'll talk about Ethel who... If you, if you really look at her among a group of Kennedy women, she looks like a Kennedy woman, like a sister. Mm-hmm. And she is remarkable. She was a brick and a real staunch uh, person. She did not break publicly in front of anybody uh, of the public after her husband got assassinated. And, you know, there's so much heartbreak in this for these women are so strong and so beautiful the job they have done for their families and mm-hmm. for the country right. is amazing. And it's unspoken, unheralded, unacknowledged. And this is a whole nother show that we could do. We could. I mean, I've, and when we say Kennedy women, we're not only talking the wives 
no, uh, but we're talking the, the sisters. sisters. Why so, God? And the, obviously, it goes beyond that as they have families and those, and it, it just mm-hmm, seems to. Mm-hmm. The, uh, there's been just an incredible job. Yes. Of the of what you called what, what Robert Kennedy, in some ways, started in terms of service to the country and the way that it's approached. That mm-hmm. whole thing has permeated the family itself, which is that that yes. is, that to me is an important contribution. I agree. Totally agree. He set a different course. He really did. Yeah. And everybody followed him, including his little, little brother, Teddy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. And Ted, by the end of his life, had become a hell of a senator. Yeah. He wasn't at the beginning. Right. And the fact is that these Kennedy women were able to do so much without having with, with and with the fact that they could not they 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 had too many obstacles to overcome in terms of being elected officials. Yeah. So they had to take other courses. And those courses that they took were rather you know tedious and quite often not getting the recognition that they should have. But it took incredible endurance. And if you don't doubt it, just watch the end of that movie where they show Ethel Kennedy in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm protesting protesting in california for migrant workers and and all kinds of stuff she never stopped think about that for a second the endurance it took to keep holding up that flame and you're not getting any pats on the back for it right right not like these boys who have to have their ego stroked all the time she did not and i think bobby also kind of healed the divide between the men and the women in his own family because the boys were such outrageous assholes and he was not he was the cleanup man in a lot of ways he was almost like one of the sisters he's the cleanup man and the clean man yeah how about that shit so check out the kennedy women stay tuned we're going to do something on that and i would also say everybody now this you can do i can see you say i don't have four hours i can't watch this shit okay but you heard what we had to say about this listen to the song what becomes of the brokenhearted as done by Joan Osborne. I got a link in the show notes. And think about Bobby and Jack when you hear that song and what Bobby did. What he did with the rest of his life. It's pretty good. Any final thoughts, my brother John? No, I think we pretty well covered it. Uh, looking forward to having a good weekend. Even without baseball, I'm going to become a well-rounded individual for 48 hours. What can I say? I'm doubtful. Hey, 48 hours, I can do it. You can't do it. Ah, you're right. I'll be at the ballpark tomorrow. Talk to you later. I love you. Bye. Bye.